You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Give us the opportunity. It didn't seem like you needed to reinforce that today. It seemed like he was doing that. Without- uh, yeah, we, we made a, a kind of big, you know, adjustment during practice uh, this week, just giving the playmakers the ball whenever they need to. Uh, so we definitely made some play, big plays out there. <laughs> I love it. I love this this week ten epiphany that everyone's had. Like, oh man, we should. You know what we should do? Oh man, before the season slips away, we should throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. Let's try it. Let's try that and see how it works. Oh, shocking! It, it worked. worked. It worked. What a surprise! We should do what everybody on their couch has been telling us to do for nine weeks. In week ten, we're going to adopt the fan game plan. <laughs> like it's literally like like it's a sponsored game plan <laughs> brought to you by Surly Brewing. Submit your game plan. Hey, this is a good one. Let's do it. What's Let's that? Throw Let's the throw, ball, to throw the ball Jefferson. to Justin Jefferson. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh my crazy. god. Oh man. So all right, Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment <laughs> therapy, venting, whatever you guys need here. Um, if you're not already following us and subscribe to both of our YouTube channels, Purple Daily and Score North. We're just pumping out daily stuff for all of you, so hit us up. And uh, Feedback Friday, we're taking all your comments in every week and, uh, and and letting you drive the show there, too. And if you missed Ventline yesterday, it was very celebratory. It was like an hour and a half of just, at least, even if for just one week, it was a celebration <laughs> on Ventline. But every Monday, we go through statements from the weekend. Judd, we'll start with you. The floor is yours. Statement number one, sir. Okay, statement one plays off the um, off the Jefferson clip that Declan played to open the show, and the statement is, and I will say this, and then then we can play another clip from JJ. The statement is this: You've got to be kidding me. What, does, what do you think it took till week ten to the, for you guys to have this trust, you know, and, and for you guys to you know do what you did? Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, I just go out there and just make the plays when it's thrown to me. So uh, I'm not really sure about that. But, I mean, whenever the opportunity is given, I'll definitely run with it. Okay. Hold on a second here. Again, we're in week 10. And Mark Craig of the Star Tribune asks a question that's we're all thinking. Like, okay, what took this long? Um, I consider myself sports dad, sports doctor at times. But my third job is sports detective. And right now, I'm dun, going dun, to put the yeah, dung dung. I'm going to put the dun, dun, sports dun, detective hat on. So I watched. There you go. All right. There no, it is. Good. Thank no, you very much. All right, there you go. So I watched the Zimmer, Jefferson, and Cousins press conferences from post game, and if you go through them and piece them together, and the information that they're trying to provide, for the most part, lying, but occasionally slipping up and being truthful. You can start to piece together what occurred, at least sort of the outline, right? Because, like, a, a detective's not given the case, and, hey, here's the case. It's an easy case to solve. It's a difficult case. But if you piece together what those three said separately 
and so, sort of the lies that you caught each of them telling that that then came back to the a person that sort of told the truth. And the most truthful was Jefferson. What you can ascertain is that something definitely took place that was not Zimmer deciding to throw the football to to Jefferson last week. Somebody got to them and said, you guys are idiots. You need to start. And I think it might have been, and, and I don't know this, but I'm going to speculate. I think Thielen might have blown up. Somebody blew up because that's what it takes, especially with Mike. You got to blow up at Mike. Like Mike doesn't back down until you, but, but if you blow, I think he'll back down. Um, here's the other telltale thing, which they, which is why they lie so incessantly, and it drives me crazy. The other telltale thing is between Cousins and Jefferson. In a Jefferson comment, he said, oh, Ben Gessling, Star Tribune, asked, there were a lot of plays over the middle. What happened and why? And, and I think it was Jefferson said they were playing a lot of too high. That opens up, hold on, the middle of the field. Now, do you guys recall the Detroit adjustment, second half? Can't throw to Jefferson too high. They're too high. We can't do a thing about that. Yeah, too high safety. Well, yeah. and, but we've talked about this. You said that last week, too, by the way. Yes, but we've talked about this. There are always answers to and adjustments to what the defense does, right? So, so when Jefferson says, yeah, too high, opens up opportunities over the middle. That's the adjustment. They literally weren't making common sense football adjustments, and and the film the film Knicks basically just buy in by saying, yeah, it's it's too high. He's gone. He can't do a thing. It's the adjustment. But yeah, there, this is where the lies. But this is where the lies come in because the lie is it's too high. He's gone. It's Dalvin time. He's too high. Well, and that's not that's not a lie. It's just. It's it's almost lazy. It's not they're not lying well, to you. Yeah, the, okay, right, the, de- but, the defense is putting two safeties over the top, and so well, I don't know what we're supposed to do. Well, you're but come now, out and just, a chess t- match. just say, but just say we failed to adjust. Now we're adjusting. Don't give me don't don't tell me don't blow smoke up my behind five weeks back and tell me oh this is impossible. And now I'll come back and be like oh yeah that opened up opportunities. No belief, Sherlock. Yeah, it was always. I don't think they're lying to you. I don't know where you're getting the the lying part here, but I think I think what's happening is they're like opposing teams adjust. Maybe they put two safeties over the top. There's all kinds of adjustments defenses make, and the Vikings just like stopped the chess game there. Oh, I guess we'll throw to Conklin more now. Like, no, you're not the only team in NFL history. Go back in Vikings history. You think the you think teams were putting safeties over the top on Randy Moss? Like they found ways to get in the ball over the middle of the field, crossing patterns. They, I think what frustrates me is not the lying. It's that they acted like, well, I mean, you guys, well, go watch the film. They're putting two safeties over the top. We're just doing what the defense is giving us. It's like, well, then you're going to lose. You're not the only team in the NFL that has to adjust with a, a, a great wide receiver or two to what defenses are trying to do to take those guys away. The lie, the lie in my opinion, is them thinking that we're so stupid that that we will just say, oh, okay. and Because fans do that. But, like, there are fans that say, well, the Vikings told us they couldn't do that. That's the lie. The lie The lie is trying to sell us that your story, your word's perfect, Phil. You're lazy. You're lazy, and, that, and so you're just like, well, there's nothing that we can do about it. Well, that's BS. Come on. All right. I have a, I have a, a statement that kind of follows up what, what Judge just said. Judge, Judge hot this morning. I mean, yeah. the Vikings just beat the brakes off the Chargers oh, in the passing game that. yesterday. 
And here you are calling people liars this morning. I mean, look at you. Oh, football people lie incessantly. It's sport. It's sports lying. <laughs> they lie constantly. All right, it's sports my, lying. My first statement is two simple words: aggressiveness wins. And I'm going to give you guys a blind resume sort of comparison here. Okay, yesterday in the NFL, two teams trying to bust out of their respective slumps. We'll call them teams A and teams B. Okay. Both teams got aggressive on fourth down. They went for it inside the five-yard line trying to score a touchdown instead of kicking a field goal from, like, you know, 28 yards out. Uh, Both teams attempted to fake a punt. Both teams drove the ball down the field in the passing game. And both teams put extra emphasis on targeting their top weapons and wide receivers. And both teams, as a result, broke out of their slumps. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Minnesota Vikings. Now, the Chiefs, I feel like, even when they were struggling, were still aggressive. They were just, like, turning the ball over and stuff. Uh, but going forward inside the five-yard line, aggressive. Check. Uh, the fake punt, I, I, you know, the Vikings tried I don't think it would have worked, even if they would have got that snap off yesterday. But I like it. Let's, let's do it. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing late in that game with the Vikings. Third down and 20. It's just such a classic draw play situation. Like, all right. All right, we're we're backed up here. Let's just run some more clock and let's let the defense bail us out here. Let's let, we'll we'll just run the ball here, make sure we don't get squirrely and throw an interception and the defense can ice this game for us. Well, Justin Herbert leads the NFL in fourth quarter comebacks even though he's not perfect all the time. Like he has four fourth quarter comebacks. And so in that moment for Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins to realize, yeah, we need to throw the ball on third and 20 and not just like a tricked up smoke screen or tight end screen to Conklin, a conservative. No, we need to drive the ball down the field and get as close to a first down as we can. And sure enough, Cousins drops back. and I'm like, wow, we're, we're doing this. And he throws a ball over the middle to Adam Thielen. Yep. 18-yard gain, sets up a fourth down. All right, all right. Well, what are they going to do now? Punt or kick a field goal from 55 yards, right? Those are basically the two options we've seen time and time again. Uh-uh. Going to go for it. And give the ball to Dalvin Cook instead of Alex Madison, like in Seattle last year. Yep. Um, Dalvin Cook's going to pick up those two yards. And he did. And I was just like, yes, yes. Stop being so paralyzed by what could go wrong. And stop being so obsessed with letting your defense win the game. Throw the ball down the field. you got two of the best weapons in the NFL in the passing game, Dalvin Cook. And they did it yesterday. Aggressiveness wins. And the Vikings found that out yesterday. What's their record right now if they had played the entire season like they did Sunday what is enough so they're four and five but I mean they're all one score games uh they beat the Ravens they beat the Ravens because they let their foot off the gas after the scripted they, plays they beat the Browns I mean they only had seven they, they scored in the yeah. opening drive and then they were scoreless the I rest agree. of the game they beat the that. Browns probably six wins probably have six wins mm-hmm. six and three yeah like mm-hmm. if you just go just say let's go, go. Time. let's go okay. I, and I would and and you know what? If you go for it on fourth down and don't get it, I still applaud you. Like, if they had gone for it and Cook got stopped, I'd be like, well, that's too bad. But good for you. Good yeah. for you for at least saying, let's go for it. Yeah, let's and, not this, just this try thing, and kick a long forget, field goal that gets blocked. Teams are like Mike Zimmer is guilty of this, too, that, well, we trust our defense, therefore we should punt. No, 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 no. If you trust your defense... You should be even more aggressive offensively because if you whiff in that spot, oh, man, now I guess we're giving them pretty good field position. 
good thing we trust our defense. It allows our offense yeah. to be more aggressive because yeah. we trust our defense. What like a novel it. concept. Aggressiveness, baby. All right, Declan. All right, my opening statement, and I, um, I, I heard there might be a speed trap for a hot take cop uh, that's around the corner, Aww. so I'll, I'll see what happens here. My statement is <laughs> Mike Zimmer is adapting. Mike Zimmer is adapting. His postgame comments we'll get to here in just a little bit, but he goes into this game, right, and his defense is without Daniil Hunter, Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith, and you have to go against Lamar Jackson the previous week, Justin Herbert this week, Justin Herbert leading the league in fourth quarter comebacks, and you hold him to 195 yards. That's a season low. Just 5.7 yards per attempt, and the Chargers only get 253 yards per game. For all these players being out, Mike Zimmer deserves a ton of credit. Lamar Jackson was held in check for that entire first half in Baltimore. He put the clamps down on Justin Herbert, who looks to be the next big quarterback star in this league. And then this is the most, I think, important thing that Mike Zimmer is adapting to the point of his offense being aggressive. He told, he said in his postgame press conference that when it got in the fourth corner, I knew we'd been there a few times. So I was trying to figure out ways how we're going to win the game. I told Clint, be aggressive, try to go and score. And unfortunately, we get a first and 20 on that drive and then a fourth and two. But there's no way we're not going to try to win the game right there. End quote. Now, is he coaching for his job a little bit? That's it. That's it. He's adapting. He got. He's adapting. He got called into the principal's office. That's fine. I guarantee it. I've been called in the principal's office. Yeah, but you're, but he's adapting <laughs> because he's being forced to. He was sent to bed with no dinner. I'm not giving him credit for this. Who do you? Okay, so our two part question for Judd here: How much of your theory on Thielen is just like an educated guess versus somebody? Somebody went crazy, and and he do you was. Think it was his, do you think it was from above or below, Mike Zimmer? I think it was both. And and I think that Thielen, Thielen's press conferences were so for him, that's as, that's as hard as he's going to go publicly. If he went that hard publicly, it was tenfold internally. Something happened. Mike is, Mike is spinning a fairy tale in that press conference. That, that's the world according to how Mike thinks that game went. Because uh, but, and and by the way, they won, which is cool. So, but I'm just saying, don't believe what he's saying. Something occurred where they finally said, "Think about this, you guys." It took ten weeks to get to essentially a game plan that any of us would have installed in week one. But but at the same time, like I understand that it's frustrating. It took us to week ten, but all right, now now it's go time. Now they figured it out. I think it's a good sign they've adapted. Okay, dial back, dial that back a little bit though, because the stubborn old man might still be stubborn. Let's just well, see. Well, let's go let's through, get, sir, sir, real quick. What, time. Whether he was, whether it was a hostage situation and he had people in the front office, you know, behind him. Mike, go talk to Justin. Mike, we're gonna exactly. throw the ball to Thielen. I don't like. Exactly. However, it happened after the game was over. Mike Zimmer went up, and I don't know if maybe we have a clip that reflects some of this, but uh, you know he's addressing reporters after the game, and he said he's the one that went to Justin Jefferson midweek and said, Justin, you're going to get the ball more. Trust me, like, hey, I'm the head coach here. We're going to make this happen. And he also said, and he confirmed that he is still having the Thursday meetings with Kirk Cousins, so they are still doing that. 45 minutes, just depending on if the linebacker meeting ran long. And and, and he told Kirk Cousins in that meeting on Thursday, hey, guy, we need to be more aggressive, threading the needle, Let's yeah. get the ball to the top wide receivers, and yeah. and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said we can't throw it five yards on second and long. 
We got to push the ball down the field. Yeah. And if it's a 50 50 ball, you got to trust your guys. And I, I heard him saying that after the game, and I'm like, I don't care if it's like the Will family with a dagger like behind their trench coat or if it was Adam Thielen lighting him up. That's exactly what a head yes. coach should be doing. He should yes. be he should be taking his quarterback aside. Hey, but hey guy, listen, this is what needs to happen, okay? So it sounds like Judd's just skeptical about the way that Zimmer came to that enlightenment. Yes. Yes, I'm very <laughs> and skeptical. And Declan and I are like, who cares, baby? Let's well, you extension, three-year extension. Exactly. Exactly. Forget Kellen Moore. Mike Zimmer. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a ventriloquist with a Zimmer doll. Okay, Kirk, you should throw the ball deep down the field more. <laughs> Honest to God. But, I mean, yeah, that's fine. They, But I just – I am far from a Kirk stan, and I am far from a Kirk fan, but – um, the reality is this. Do I really believe that Kirk Cousins was the only one, the only one saying Jefferson, I can't really throw there. Uh, I believe he's part of the problem. Yes. But my, Mike has a way of deflecting things away from Mike. Like I came in and fixed it. Come on. Yeah, okay. Points, right. And you got a coordinator who is scared of his own shadow. You. you like that? I like that. This go. This goes back. To my long-held frustration, if I could have done this 10 weeks ago, why did it take you so long? Like, if you're a football savant and genius and you come up with a scheme, prime Zim example, the Saints playoff game there, right? Unbelievable game plan. Total credit to, to him there. Yesterday, though, come on, common sense, told you. And it wasn't even, weeks ago. in fairness to you, it wasn't, even, right, like, it, it wasn't even like it wasn't even that many targets. Like it was eleven targets right. to Justin. But I mean, you like you literally forfeited wins until yesterday. Explain right. that one to me. Oh, Declan and I are happy. I don't know. Uh, okay, uh, Judd ju- ju- just uh, he's going to have to see it at least one more time against Green Bay. Oh God, yeah, no, well, yeah, twice. We all will. Times. We all will. Come in on, fairness. Ebenezer. Yeah, there's, we're not putting a banner up for Come a win at, at the Chargers. Thank you very much. I'm actually going to, if I may, piggyback off Declan though. And say this, you didn't need them. And Declan just said it. Think about all of the defensive guys that you went out and re-signed and the defensive guy. I need more defense, Rick. We got to rebuild this. We got to rebuild this. Because in part, we started Shamar Stefan last year, who was awful. Um, Instead of going out and signing, for instance, a guard, right? Look at the guys who are out now. And what's Mike's strength? Mike's strength is defense. That's awesome. He's good at it. Mike's strength, to Dex's point, game planning that. The last two QBs have been really good, and you've done a nice job against both of them. You've done it without, let's see, let's go through the list. Michael Pierce. Now, yesterday, Anthony Barr. Harrison Smith. Patrick Peterson. Because you're a good defensive coach. So if I give you, so I can go to the store, and I can buy you ingredients that are pretty good. They don't have to be Pro Bowl, but they're pretty good, right? And you do a good job. Awesome. And we don't even need the 85 Bears defense out of it. That's what I'm just, saying. Just like just a non-train wreck but, defense. But like Declan's point, I think, is the most spot on in that sense. And that's what sort of frustrates you again. Your mm-hmm. offense could have been even better if you had said, Mike, the 2020, the, the ingredients that we got you last year were awful. We, we're sorry. We're going to fix that. But we're not going to fix it by going out and just signing all defense, another defensive tackle. So if you look at this, 
Think about this one. Think about if you had Ezra Cleveland at right guard, you had signed a left guard, and you had given Mike what Mike had on Sunday. You did a pretty damn good job, right? Yeah. yeah didn't I'll, need him. I'll say this, too. I mean, it was it was one game, but, like, um, Nick Vigil was pretty good in that game. Awesome. He was the fourth highest graded he's player. He's bar right now. Yeah, I, well, he's, he's more available than Barr. Well, Barr's I don't know knee if he's is, better than Barr, but, yeah, Barr's knee he, has been a problem. I think with Barr's knee bad, I think it's chronic. Bar, Bar five years back, was a different person as far as a player goes. But so. here's another one. I, somewhere along the line, Mike Zimmer and even the front office lost trust in young players because they, they, they drafted so many young players on defense and cornerbacks, and, and and it was like they got really impatient in some areas. And then like even with Cam Dantzler, it was like, yeah, he wasn't going to be a perfect product going into his second year, but... He showed some flashes, and then they just lost trust, and they kind of like they bumped him down the depth chart in preseason. They said, oh, "Get out of here! We're going to go bring Breland and Patrick Peterson here." Right? Who was the highest graded player the last two weeks combined on defense for the Vikings? Cam Bynum. Trust yourselves. You don't need to be signing ridiculous long-term extensions for you know thirty-two-year-olds like Harrison Smith, and you know I mean Xavier Woods has been good, but like it's like they draft players and they lean on defense. And then if, if it's not great or if it's not Pro Bowl caliber after five minutes, they're like, oh, we're out, out, bring veterans in here. So you, you, can't, you can't be wasting draft capital and free agency money on all these defensive players and then alienate right guard and alienate center with a pocket pass. So the roster construction still bothers me. But all in all, like the fact that Cam Bynum had another great game is even great. more evidence that like you got to find a starting spot for that guy almost certainly next year. Great. Maybe even find a spot for him this year, but I don't know. Like Xavier Woods is playing well too, and you're not going to bench Harrison Smith because he's maybe not as good as he was three years ago, but uh, he's still Harrison Smith. Um, this next statement presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, the Vikings. They took risks yesterday. All right. <laughs> now there's things that could happen to your business, whether it be due to cold weather, like we're going to experience here for the next few months, uh, or whatever else. And Federated's here to help mitigate and manage risk and protect your bottom line, protect your employees. They've been around for over a hundred years. Federated insurance and federatedinsurance.com. Remember at federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right. My next statement here for you guys, people act like the Vikings losing games close is bad luck. Well, look at what their record could be if they weren't so unlucky. Mm -hmm. It's not bad luck. And the first half showed you exactly why. The second half, different story. But the first half, they dominated the Chargers. They got, I mean, literally every facet, yardage, time of possession. They forced a huge turnover, everything. And yet they were only up by three points because of penalties. And I don't want to hear that the refs screwed the Vikings. There were some bad hold. Like, the Vikings were holding. The Vikings were hand fighting. Um they took a three-point lead into halftime because they melt down in the final two minutes defensively. They also can't score in the final two minutes offensively because they're too conservative, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I just think, look at the first half and why you weren't up by two touchdowns. Same thing against the Ravens. Why was that game even close after the first two or three quarters? You dominated the Ravens, got big turnovers, right? Play like you did in the second half against the Chargers all the time in terms of how aggressive you are, pushing the ball down the field, not just sitting on a seven-point lead and running the ball and letting the defense take care of it. Justin Jefferson was right last week when he said, these don't have to be close games. It doesn't have to be a grinded-out three-point game you know, every time. 
And so uh, stop acting like losing close games is bad luck. Take more control of the situation and your destiny. Yes, and I think that if you lose like two, that can be bet bad luck, right? You know, that's tough. But I think when it gets to be more than two, that is exactly what you just said, Phil. Like, like there's a point in time where you can't just continue to go back to, well, I mean, it was another close game, right? So that's bad luck. So, yeah, um, I think a certain amount of, okay, tough loss, close loss. But, yeah, but when there are just clear, I mean, yeah, that, that Baltimore game at the half should have been, what, 21-3. to three. Like, they should have scored. Baltimore shouldn't have scored. And 21-3, to three, that's a pretty good lead. So, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. I do. My next statement, back to the wide receivers, is continue to trust and lean into your wide receivers. This note from a former friend of the show, our friend of the show, Andrew Kramer. Former Vikings. friend. No, I'm not friend anymore. Wow. Friend. What did he actually make friend? Andrew Kramer well, is one of the forefathers of Purple of, Daily. It was originally yes, yes. a weekly podcast called Purple yep. Podcast. Yeah. Andrew, Judd, myself, Derek Wetmore. So Andrew Kramer is a is a founding father OG. of this show. An OG of, of the show. Former friend. Former friend. Friendly friend of the show. No, we don't, uh, the we, Vikings. Don't, we don't make eye contact with him anymore. Not at all. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> looked at any of those guys in, in 18 months. Uh, Vikings targeting Justin Jefferson on third down last uh, yesterday against the Chargers. First pass incomplete, but they still went towards him. The next time, third and 15, 18 yards. The next time on third and long, a defensive pass interference, automatic first down. Third and five, 12 yards. Third and six, 27 yards. Yep. Basically iced the game or came close to it. You need to trust your wide receivers more. Again, kudos to Mike Zimmer for adapting and calling uh, a big passing plays and trusting your playmakers here in key situations. Yesterday, Thielen and Jefferson combined for 18 targets. 11 for Jefferson, 7 for Adam Thielen. That should be the norm. 18 targets for both of those guys. I think that should be absolutely the floor of what we should be getting the ball to with your two best wide receivers. So continue to lean in and trust your wide receivers and playmakers, especially in key situations like this on third down. I, know, I feel personally feel more comfortable on third and 15 with a six-yard flat route to C.J. Ham or Alex Madison. Mm. On that third and 10, maybe a little uh, tight end screen to Tyler Conklin. And on the third and six, maybe a four-yard uh, sort of crossing route, uh, blanket covered to, I don't know, K.J. Osborne or yeah. something. I think those are yeah. the ones I'm most comfortable with. <laughs> those, th- this is a really interesting set of stats here. So third downs, you're throwing past the sticks, and you're throwing to Justin Jefferson. And only once in five tries did it fail. So 80% of the time, you're either getting chunks, 12, 18, 27 yards, yep. or the thing that I think the thing that they don't even think about is he's so good that he's going to draw one or two defensive pass interferences in a game, right? Yep. Because you can't cover him. And, and that, Adam Thielen's still a great route runner, uh, route runner too. He's the same way. That that um, DPI flag that he drew was on a bad throw. But yep. it doesn't matter. Yep, his shoulder pad was hanging out. It's very, exactly very obvious. Right. DPI call. Did you want All to right. sneak one more in here before yes. we get to yes. Randy um, and Kyler's Grove? And again, this is why the win was good, and and so like for all the uh, for all of the the fans out there who said, well, yeah, but I mean, it cost them a higher draft pick, blah blah blah. No, here's why. The, the statement is this: We saw the future. What we saw yesterday is what an offensive coach, especially a good one, is going to do every Sunday. 
Yesterday was a gla- Zim basically teed it up on a platter and said, I won't be here, but I'm going to show you what this can look like. That was, I think, what we saw on Sunday with Jefferson, Thielen, Cousins perhaps as well. Cook, tip of the iceberg of the future. And that's fun to watch. Like, think about just just as a football fan, how much more enjoyable that game was to watch than, than some of the, as Phil's uh, talked about, the incessant draw plays, right? Yeah. Let's third and 20. We don't have any chance. Let's just run a draw play. Oh, Cook got 10 yards. Hooray. And now we can punt. Um, what we saw yesterday is what should be installed. Just the beginning, too. Like, there will be way more. Just the beginning of what we're going to see, hopefully, in 2022 going forward. And Jefferson, the focal point. The Vikings are like, you know, I don't know if you guys remember when you were in like swim class or something back in the day and like you're like the high dive for the first time. Like, oh, my God, like you're seeing everyone else jump off of it and no one's dying. In fact, a lot of people are having fun jumping yeah. off. And then you get up there and you're like, oh, my God, this looks dangerous. We better not do this. Right. Oh, no, it's third and 18. We better not throw a pass down the field. Something terrible could happen. No, like. A lot of the other teams do it. The Bills do it. It's great. The Cardinals Everybody's do it. Everybody's doing it. The Tampa does it. It's crazy. Look at these teams. Aaron Rodgers does it. These teams are playing in Super But Bowls. I want this team. Like, <laughs> I love the fact that that game was fun. I thought offensively, especially in the second half, that game was fun to watch. I mean, when they, on third and 20, clock ticking down, would you have bet, I mean, what, where did... 18-yard pass through the air to Adam Thielen rank on the things you thought you would see on that third and 20 play in the fourth. Probably about fifth. I I was going eight-yard pass, like possible draw play, but I was probably going going eight-yard pass and Conklin can ramble for a few more, rumble for a few more, and then maybe he can get a first down, and then you're screwed. Football. (laughs) But I just want, like like my starting point for, for the teams here, my end point, championship. My starting point, just be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, boys, it's our first stud stable in like a month on oh, the show yeah, here. He was crying last week, so I'm really hey, happy. Tears of, joy. tears of joy. <laughs> With the Randy and Cottage Grove stud stable here. Yeah, he shouldn't be telling that to the media. But I did talk to Justin this week, and I told him we we're going to get him the ball. I said, you got to do something for me, and that's come out here and practice real hard and, and do the things you're supposed to do and study and be precise in your routes, and we're going to get you the ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's my favorite clip of the season. First of all, Mike Zimmer, he was asked about, "Hey, you guys got the ball to Justin Jefferson." You know, Kubiak said that was going to happen. You know, what uh, what's the deal there? Uh, he shouldn't be telling the media that. <laughs> it needs to be a state secret that we're going to get the ball yeah, to one five best receivers in the secret. NFL. Dude. The, uh, the defense cannot know uh, he's about fired this now. hidden weapon. Clint's fired that we now. Drafted in the first round, he might be. We're gonna Cl- fire can we check that. the Clinkett fired this morning for telling He's the not media. going to get on the plane. <laughs> Sorry, he's being left in Los Angeles. But then he also says, hey, I went up to Jefferson and I told him, we are going to get you the ball more. But listen, if I'm going to scratch your back, you got to scratch mine. You got to work hard at practice. You got to run the right routes. Is Jefferson just walking around and flip-flops doing nothing at practice? Like It's like this, oh, it's a quid pro quo. That was amazing. Anyhow, all right, let's get our guy in here. Randy in Cottage Grove. He is the most passionate Vikings fan that we know. It's been a roller coaster season here so far. Uh, Randy, how are you feeling here today after the Vikings saved their season with a big win on the road yesterday? Uh, snug. 
very snug. Uh, uh, back to back to a lot of good uh, high uh, high expectations, and mm. uh, this is what we uh, we all knew was possible. You know. Uh, uh, by the way, you make fun of Zim, but it, practice matters. You don't just go out. You know, I don't just go out and mock on you know Thursday night, first night of the draft. Put in a lot of time. Put in a lot of time, and 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 and, and uh, Jefferson's no different. I don't care how good you are. You you got to run those routes. I agree. I, I mean, I I question his work ethic in practice now after. What Mike Zimmer just said. You got to go work hard. Like, if you don't work hard, you're not going to get a football or cookies. You got to bust your ass. <laughs> well, he did, and, too, uh, Randy. Zim knows. Uh, he did. So are, are you okay? Because I I feel like the, the way that last week came to an end, you, you were crying. I was worried about you. Like, there, there are people out there uh, who are also concerned. So, like, are, are you just okay now it's uh look uh, i work that's no secret in the a- uh, aftermath uh, of my uh my split my, with my former uh hmm? the the wreck the wreckage of that uh, relationship i f- did end up working with a therapist and uh i it's she she told me this don't run from emotion randy and it, it you gotta lean into it you gotta let it out mm-hmm. i'll let it out let it fly when, when I got it. And I had it last week, just like Dan Campbell had it a couple of weeks before that. And, and that's okay. Like uh, the, the, the number one thing is, can, can you, can you channel it? And, and they, they did, they, they did a lot of good work this week and uh, we look great. In in fact, uh, I see no reason why they can't, you know, we can't run the table. Am I wrong? Uh, I mean, I would, I would, I, would, I just want to see what happens against the Packers first next week because they're uh, stiff. You know, they, they, can, they can't. They barely. They got a. They got a an offense that uh, sputters, and we got a defense getting hot at the right time. I, I'll tell. I'll go on on record right now. We're going to win that game by double digits. Wow! Wow! <laughs> double digit win over the Packers. Double digit oh, win, and I'm. Oh, I, yeah. I don't gamble uh, at the moment, but. Uh, <laughs> if I if I was a betting guy, I'd take the the Vikes and the the over because we're going to throw it all over the place. What caused you to stop gambling? It's a bit of a uh, disagreement with a, one of the bookmakers. Oh boy! Oh, your bookie? We'll just put it leave it leave it at that. In uh, some states, it's it's legal and it's not here yet, but it should be. Okay, do you still have your two thumbs? Yeah, I was going to say you did, didn't get like beat up. Did you lose a toe? We took care of it like. Like men, and that's just leave it at that. Okay, okay, that's fair. Right. What a that's tough fair year, enough. divorce. Right. It's, a, it's a, it's a. This is a, one of those years that you watch. We're gonna sneak, squeak into the playoffs. We're gonna make a run. This is the. You don't want to face this team in January. Mm-hmm. I, I can just sense that coming. And you guys were all ready to, 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 to write the whole thing off. You know, not, not now. It. I, I never gave up hope. No, clearly. No, I don't think uh I don't think you did it all last week when you came on crying and literally calling for the family to sell the team, but uh, no. it, uh, it was it processing. We're processing. Okay. And Stages and I'm we're back days. with a stud stable and that that's that's the best news of the of the, of the month for, yeah. for a lot of people that I get to do the stable that we all love and 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 it's it's a treat. It's a privilege and an honor 
And if you want to play the, the sure. music, I'm looking forward, and I'm positive. Okay. All right. And I think that we can all agree on. The Stud Stable is back. This is Randy in Cottage Grove's Week 10 Stud Stable after a Vikings win over the Chargers. Randy? Well, uh, this is a great week. It started on Saturday uh, when I had some success with uh, Tinder. Oh. And it continued on, on Sunday with a great uh, another great outing as as so to speak and uh this is the this is the result it's a stud stable listen i i hesitate uh, to ask this but what does success on tinder look like for you uh it it was a good good outing successful outing uh and and we'll leave it at that i'm not a kiss and tell like it was like a quality quality start in baseball did, kind of a successful you get down outing? to the we red zone good, and then had you a, convert we had a good uh, there was a love connection, uh, uh, as they say, and uh, for one, there were a lot of connections in the game. If you'll excuse me, for I'll one day, or to... for uh, like, was the connection like, like a quick slant pass, and that's it, or was it like a, a lifetime connection? Yeah. Well, it's only been two days. Did you take the points, or did you? Yeah, but I'm trying to, fi- to fi- figure out if if like there is a second date here, or if that was just one and done. I uh, not a kiss and tell, but I'll just say we're gonna we'll be having a a, a second uh, a second outing. Okay, okay, good for you. Congratulations, Randy. With, Sounds uh, like a great particular weekend. Particular gal, uh, gal who I met on uh, it's a website Tinder. Uh-huh. That's new. Yeah, it's uh, Tinder dot com. They'd like to sponsor a very successful outing. Colon slash slash www.tinder.com. I'm looking up. I'm looking up. I'm snug for a lot of a lot of things, and right now I'm snug for some of these studs. Uh, leading off, a guy who really might have saved his own job, and that's uh, Clint Kubiak. Clint, you pulled a victory. Uh, not only a victory, but you pulled a, 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 a perhaps a season-changing philosophy out of some of that work you've been doing, and 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 it showed. Uh, you you got inventive. You got creative. You, you you put the ball in the, on the, in the hands of the, the playmakers and Clint, just just go ahead and chin up because you're a stud. Yeah. Uh, another stud that I think doesn't get a lot of do, but uh, he 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 played a little nice little role yesterday. A little bit of energy, a little bit of a couple of key blocks, and and he still has that flow. <laughs> he really does have that flow, and the and from what I hear, it's working out well for him and with the ladies too. And that's uh, that's. Tyler Conklin. What? Tyler, they call you Gr- uh, Gronklin. They can go ahead and uh, just shorten that to Gronk because you're better than him now and you're a stud. So, so you said you said Gronk Gronk's having was there a was there a double date involved? How did how did you how did you know Gronklin's having success with the ladies people, just like you are? Pe- pe- yeah, pe- people talk. This is getting oh. I'm getting this is getting too uh, distracting me from the stable with these, these steamy questions. Uh, now, now next up. Uh, had a feeling. A lot of people heard you bitching and squawking about uh, the week before. You know, you didn't quite make the headlines this week, but you put in a, a pretty good effort, and I think you're ready to just go ahead and, and, and power this team, you know, from a veteran standpoint, uh, in, into into the driver's seat uh, for the division. Adam Thielen, you're a stud. Here's a guy who uh, is this week's going to be the super stud. And uh, his, his, he's a gentleman by the name of Kirk Cousins. Mm. Kirk, you got a lot of doubters out there. A lot of people want, want to cut your ass week, week, week in, week out, every other week might seem. Kirk, 
once again, you, you, you just, you shut them up yesterday and you, you prove that you will do whatever it takes and you're a super stud. Oh. And then the last guy here, he's a, a guy who I, I'm going to, this is the first time because there's been a lot of duds. This is now the super duper stud. And that's Justin Jefferson. Yeah, dude. Justin, we were snug at the bar. We were snug. We were snug uh, doing shots after the after so many of the big plays. And we even they even started giving us shots when you had a big first down. Justin, we, you you helped us cruise to a great Sunday. Uh, cruised into a, a bowl, league bowling last night with a healthy healthy head of steam. And and you 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 you're you're a playmaker. You know, Zim Zim may or may not be here in the future, but you 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 better stay in purple, Justin. You better not not bitch and squawk. You better look look at the opportunity in front of you here. And I think yesterday you got a little sniff of that. You got a little taste of that. And and you you hauled in some really tough catches in some tight windows, and and you tightened up some snugness around the bar for sure. And Justin, you are a super duper stud. There it is. That's the Randy in Cottage Grove, Week Ten, Stud Stable, and just like that, he's gone. Yeah, he just did. he never leaves us a chance to like ask questions. Uh, just like go back and forth until he just wants to go. I guess go time. So there it is, man. I'm still not a hundred percent sure what snug means. He's never fully explained. Uh, do you need me it. to explain it to you? I don't know if I want you to. Explain no, you probably it to don't. Me. That was that was my point. That was my point. So Cousins. So a week ago, he he, I believe was crying, asked for the Wilfs to sell, said mm-hmm. Cousins should essentially be cut. and He said Clint Kubiak is basically just has a job because of his dad. And, right? fires, and, and fires him, right? Yeah, and pretty much all of those guys and were now, back in the stud stable except the Wilfs. And now it's going to be 42 to 12. They're going to be the Packers. In the NFC Championship game, and then they will face the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. The highs and lows. He did say they would run the table, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he just yes. said they were going to yeah, run the table. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. We'll yep. see. I'm not, I'm not quite, like, I'm, I'm happy with what happened yesterday. I'm not quite ready to go that far. I feel like see. the hi- highs and lows for our guy are a little bit too much at times. Like, his therapist should probably help him get yeah. to that, that middle solid ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the one where you're crying after a Vikings loss or now oh. promising Super Bowl. Finding balance. Finding, yes. Balance. Yes, balance. yes exactly right. I'm just happy he's having some success, whatever that means, on I... uh, on Tinder. So, all right. Uh, bonus statements. No. Let's fire back up your bonus statements. Judd Zolgad, go ahead. Okay, bonus statement from me. I'm actually, because I, I can't help myself. I have to at least broach the topic of this game. It, of course, is the Gophers' loss to the Hawkeyes in Iowa City Saturday, okay? And here's my statement. And I believe that both of you gents will agree completely. My statement is this. Set the freaking tone. Fourth and goal at the Iowa 2 after a 15-play drive in the first quarter. You are absolutely gashing them with the run. Like, you're doing great. You're fourth and goal at the two. It's last time I checked the calendar, 2021. And you take the points. And you're, oh, conservative. We got to take the points. Let's, we're on the road. We got to take those points. <laughs> you show no faith in your run game, which is damn good. Your O line was off to a great start and actually, from a run scheme standpoint, had a really good day. And then at the end of the first half, same thing. You go conservative, PJ Fluck. Honest to God, like like the, what the Vikings did on Sunday 
was so refreshing for a multitude of reasons, including what we watched Saturday. Set the tone when it's possible. You had a chance to smash them in the mouth, and instead you're like, we, we just have to take the points, right? Honestly. I have so many gopher statements. Can I just rifle a couple of yeah. them off here? Just Absolutely, off? yeah. Right, this gonna, game's worth right, talking I, about. For sure, two of them. Um, imagine if the Gophers had a quarterback that could throw accurately or run dynamically. I mean, both would be the holy grail, right? But very few programs have both, like a Lamar Jackson or somebody, right? So I just want one. Can you run dynamically and keep the defense off balance? And can you make basic, accurate throws when receivers are open? So that's my first statement. Imagine the Gophers with just a better quarterback. But then here's my next statement. Imagine not having your quarterback look at me, so to speak, at the sidelines five times before every single snap. Did you guys notice? I think it was in the fourth quarter. They had a they uh, they had a delay of game penalty yes, I watched at one point precisely because they kept, hey, Tanner, check with us. Check with yeah. us every 10 seconds, yep. right? So instead of surveying the defense, and I get that it happens in college where you've got assistant coaches who have just had much more experience reading defenses, and you're talking about, in some cases, 18-, 19-year-old kids. I mean, Tanner Morgan's like, what, 23? And he's been a starting quarterback in college football for a half a decade now. He should be able to walk up to the line of scrimmage, survey a defense. Okay, let's let's start to see if I can pick out some tendencies here. You know, you know, read the defense himself. But he's not doing any of that. He's not making any of his own decisions. So it's not a shock that when the ball is snapped, he doesn't really like. He's not he's not improvising. He's just programmed to do what the coaches are telling him to do from the sidelines. And so in moments of crisis. How is he supposed to rise up? He's literally looking at the sidelines for direction every single snap. It drives me nuts. How do the Gophers, here's another one. How do the Gophers, more of a question, dominate the box score like they did? In fact, I saw this tweeted out by our friend Dave Campbell from the Associated Press. And it's one of, so the Gophers, they dominated yardage. Um, they dominated time of possession. They had Everything. like 40 minutes time of possession. Everything. So the Gof- the Gophers had the ball for over 40 minutes without a turnover on Saturday. Yes. According to Sport Radar, only four FBS teams in the last five seasons have lost such a game. Arkansas at LSU in 2019, hmm. Tulane versus Tulsa in earlier, actually, on, Tulane versus Tulsa on Saturday. Um, wow. The Gophers at Iowa and then Northern Illinois against Western Michigan, PJ's old school, in 2020. So amazing, amazing that you still found a way to lose that game. One in seven now against Iowa and Wisconsin since PJ Fleck took over. How do you never learn, though? Like, how do you, why do we keep repeating the same gutless issues week after week? Seriously, like, like it's gutless. You, you are, your run game's working. You're at the two. You're at hey, the do two. Do you think, smash them. I've been pretty hard on Tanner Morgan on Twitter during these games. Mm-hmm. Like I will, I will say his name on Twitter. And he's a college kid, and I get some pushback from people that say, "Hey, like it's cowardly to go after to go after or to attack." Quote unquote. No one's attacking anyone, but attack a college quarterback. Do you guys agree or disagree? Like, should I and like whoever? But should I? No, I Stop naming Tanner Morgan no, by name when no. I'm tweeting about the Gophers' offensive futility. Rule of thumb, if you play your games on on national TV platforms, you're out there. 
Mm-hmm. You can also make money now. Well, right. But you, you can know, make like, these guys are professionals. But if, if they're he went, good enough and want to be. But if he went and played D three, I wouldn't watch him. I wouldn't care. And he could throw five picks. And but if he's if it's fun, man, you have fun out there. But when you play games that are potentially on ABC, you know Fox, ESPN, Big Ten Network, you're out there. You're. I, I mean, he's I, also like three years older than Anthony but, Edwards. But I don't even care about that. If I if I'm going to spend my time on my couch watching you play, mm-hmm. I have every right to criticize you. And if you don't like that, get off fair. that platform. Yeah, I think it's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think oh, I, no, I don't, I don't think we need to be me. as aggressive. Like if it's if it's an athlete making thirty million, if it's Andrew Wiggins, you know, oh, sure. years ago. But you've never done that. That's... But like your tweets are never like that. Like it's no one's attacking exactly. him. But like when he's when he's as awful as he was on yeah. Saturday. You can't just not mention it. You can't criticize PJ without also mentioning Tanner. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, they're and, and there's got like Zach Annex dad. I mean, he was the starting quarterback three years ago. There's yeah. there's not somebody else that can complete a pass on third down to a wide open receiver. I don't know, man. And it's not personal. It's like like it's not like you're trying to yeah. it's personal now. Okay. After the after that it's Iowa football loss, personal. I'm making it personal now. Oh, no, I agree with you. <laughs> I that... mean you're not adding him. If you're like adding his Twitter handle, like you are a bum. Tanner Morgan. That that is attacking. <laughs> the best is and when, that is people that actually do do that. Yes, though. and the best the best though is the Stooges who take your tweets. Yeah, and, and then include the player yes. on Twitter uh, to be like, see what stooges. they're saying. That is yeah. a great way to look at it. Stooges. Yes, you're just a stooge. I agree. Stop I being agree. a stooge. Uh, I have a statement from over the weekend. I, I had an action packed week. I had a concert on Friday. Um, I had to watch my nephews totally not hung over from that concert on Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a, a W on Saturday as well. Vikings on it was it was a packed weekend. It was an awesome weekend. Um, but from my weekend activities, I will say AEW is where it's at, and WWE is in serious trouble. Now, I know Judd is not the uh, wrestling nerd like Phil and Mackey and I are. When, um, we could probably talk for another 45 minutes on how awesome AEW and just professional wrestling is, but AEW is literally coming for WWE, and this is insane. Yesterday uh, On Saturday at Target Center, packed house. It was a four-hour show, Oof. which actually kind of shocked me how long the show would run. I, I, I thought it would be like maybe a two-and-a-half, three-hour thing. No, that thing got out at... 1130 and we were in our seats at 630 so i mean it was a long long show um but it's awesome man they they've they've cultivated some former wwe guys like chris jericho and cm punk and then and they also got like obviously brian danielson but they're now kind of growing their own people um adam page i think is who won the AEW world championship over kenny omega who was the holder of it for almost a full calendar year they put him over the top um with with a big win on saturday it is Awesome to see, dude. A lot of Eddie Guerrero tributes, too. I love that um, because Eddie Guerrero passed away in Minneapolis, a former WWE wrestler, 16 years ago to the date of Full Gear on Saturday. So there's a lot of love for Eddie Guerrero. It was an awesome show, dude. And wrestling in person, like even if you don't, if you think wrestling is silly, like it's guys in tights uh, doing theatrics. Well, number one, uh, if, if you have a problem with that, point out any television show and I will say it's fake just like this is or scripted, I should say, just like this is. Uh, but it's awesome. man. it was a it was a sweet show. I'm a big AEW guy. I have I have not watched WWE since WrestleMania, and uh, actually, I think uh-huh. I watched SummerSlam, but that that was the only show I've watched since WrestleMania. AEW is absolutely the best wrestling organization in the world right now, hundred percent. All right, Judd, final statement from you. Mm, yes, final statement com- comes from my uh, um my watching of the Red Zone on Sunday, and my statement is that's the final straw. If you ask me why I believe Rick Spielman 
should not be the GM of the Vikings past 2021. I will tell you, I'm down to one name now, Mac Jones. Oh. Have you guys watched Mac Jones play? He's awesome. Mac, he's really good. Mac Jones, and, and look. He's not super dynamic, but he's just very, he's accurate, he's consistent. Yes, and he's, and he, yes, exactly. And and But when I watch Mac Jones, Mac Jones is the definition of the type of QB that I want my, my GM and his scouting staff to identify. And like, I don't. I didn't know know that, but I shouldn't. It's your job. It's your job to have a really good, one of the most important qualifications, to have a radar on QBs. It's the most important position in sports. And you you traded back. And Darisaw might be great, and that's awesome. That's good. But Mac Jones looks like he's really good. And and that's a and that's a potential. I mean, that is the definition of what I want my GM to say. No, he gets it, he's good, and he's only going to improve. So how much of the Vikings, because there, you know, there was a report that the Vikings tried to trade up for Fields in right. the first round, they did wind up taking Mon. So they went into the draft thinking, we're going to draft a young quarterback. Yes. I feel like they hedged. Oh, they hedged by waiting until the third round because, okay, well, well like their goal yes. wasn't, they went in saying, we're going to draft a quarterback because we know we need a quarterback of the future. But we don't really want to like put ourselves out there <laughs> for a first-round guy because then we could all get fired, right? That's yep. what it felt like to me. And the word was— how, mu- how, much, how much of the hedge was because they believe in Kirk Cousins, who's in his prime right now? The word was that they, they tried to trade up for Fields before the Bears did, but their offers were not good. So, like, they, there was somebody—I don't know if it was the Wilves who said, you know, it'd be great to get a young— QB to build around, and Rick's like, okay, I'll try. I'll give you a sixth and a seventh for that, and they're like, get lost. Um, but, I mean, that, Mac Jones looks to me to be the definition of the guy I want you to find. Like, if you're going to run my team, that's the one position I want you to be like, no, this is, and and for him to fall, because, you know, if, if he had gone 10th, that's fine. But he he got to you, and you had traded back. Um, And I watched that, and I'm like, that guy looks like he's good, and and here he probably would, would have sat, which is fine. But if he's the type of guy who 2022 comes and you've traded Kirk and you can plug in Mac Jones, okay, now we're cooking. Yeah, and now now of course Mac Jones also gets the benefit of working with some of the brightest Agreed. football coaches in the world. Yep. Now the question becomes too though, if you had drafted Mac Jones and sat him, and he just sort of sat. And then 2022, you switch to an offensive coach who's got an offensive coaching staff who can develop Mac Jones. That might be a good starting point. There's also a chance we don't know anything about Kellen Mond yet, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's been practicing, but protection. there's been yeah, basically. I don't like no yeah. one has really written anything. I have. There's been no sightings. There have been no Kellen Mond sightings. He's not active on game day, which I don't know what to make of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that Sean Mannion is the primary backup might say something still. We're halfway through the season, and Kellen Mond can't even be the you know yeah. the active on game day backup quarterback. But yeah. uh, I got I got one more for you guys here, real quick. Okay. I just, we can do more on this maybe you know tomorrow or Wednesday. But the only thing I'm sure about with the Minnesota Timberwolves is Anthony Edwards. So they go in and they beat, albeit a LeBronless dinosaur Lakers team inside Staples Center the other night, whatever it was, Friday night. And they, they ran away. I mean, they were up by 30-plus points, and they looked amazing. They were playing great basketball, getting everyone involved. Mm-hmm. And then the next night, they just 
don't even show up against the Clippers. And there's a couple video clips of Carl Anthony Towns just like, I mean, as as out of it and lazy as you can possibly be. I think the, o- the only thing that I'm sure about for the next three to five years is that I want Anthony Edwards to be the centerpiece of all of this. I'm not sure about Finch. I'm not sure about Cat. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure about D'Lo. Like, D'Lo's a sixth man off the bench on a good team for some scoring punch. On this team, he's a key cog. Uh, but they, I don't know how much more we need to see to know that it's just not working at the level that you need it to be with Towns and D'Lo as your two main highest paid max players. So did Cat, I don't know how much more. Did Cat just not do a thing? He just, I mean, I didn't watch the whole game, but like he yeah, just was sleepwalking was through the entire first half. And they were down by like 27 points at halftime. And I get it's a back-to-back, and but it's, it's the end of a road same, trip. But it's the same building. Like, it's not like you had to get on yeah, a plane yeah. and travel and all that. Yep. Yeah, it was weird. weird. It, it feels like, and they did this against the Bucks too, where like they'll beat a team on the road. like They'll have a big win, and then they're just kind of good for a while. <laughs> all right, and then they're going to lose five, six games, yeah. and then, all right, now it's time to focus again. It's like, no, dudes, you need to – the Western Conference has two garbage teams. Everybody else can beat you on any given night. So show up. And the fact that Cat isn't leading that on a nightly basis, he's definitely a passenger. And so it's just like Anthony Edwards, whatever happens the next six to nine months, Anthony Edwards is about the only thing that I'm sure about. Yeah, I believe uh, Cat and the Wolves are four-point underdogs against the Suns tonight, and the Suns are coming off a back-to-back. It's also Towns' birthday, so happy birthday to the Happy birthday. 26, 27 now? Mm, Something like that. 26, I believe. Yep. Time to go. You're not 19 anymore. You're 26 years old. It's time to uh, time to lead, time to set a tone every single night. Just like we do here. Setting a tone every, every single day on Mackie and Joe. Is that what we do? Purple set a tone? Daily. I like it. you damn right we do. I like that. We raise the like bar it. for like expectations. That? We want championships. We're not just yes. satisfied with a win against a LeBron, a, a LeBron-less yeah, Chargers Lakers is team. just a start. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Chargers just Prove a start. Prove it again. All right. Thanks to everyone who... Uh, Made Ventline a joyous celebration yesterday, and um, we appreciate you guys for also subscribing to our two YouTube channels, Score North and Purple Daily. Tomorrow, who gets it, who doesn't? And we're working on something fun, too, Wolves-related for the show that I got partial confirmation on today. But um, we're going to have hopefully do a, a fun sort of bonus podcast with, we'll just say Wolves-related, and it should be awesome yeah. if, we, mm-hmm. if we pull this off. So, all right. See you guys tomorrow. Mackie and Judd. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.